let's imagine hypothetically, and from the remarks of Steve, we, we know that it's not fully hypothetical, that NASA comes to this team today and say, hey, you guys are experts. We are sending a team to Mars in a few years and trying to bring it back alive to Earth. And we're going to ask you as experts questions. How do we compose or form that team? How do we select the particular individuals within that team? How do we train them? How do we keep the teamness or the team cohesion of the team over a long period of time? What is the worst thing that can happen to us from a teamwork perspective over a long period of time? Can we answer all these questions now? And if yes, let's start answering. So here you have unlimited budgets, limited time though, to basically start thinking about that. Let's assume that for reasons that are outside of the scientific realm, NASA decides that we need to send five people in that first mission. What kind of questions, if not answer, are you going to start asking about how to compose that team? So I'm going to offer an opinion here, and I would say probably the biggest challenge here is how to compose the team, right? Selecting, they're going to be certain skill sets, certain experience profiles. NASA has that down. They've been selecting astronauts for a long time. Composing a team, I mean, all the questions that people might ask of science to answer, you know, here's a pool of folks and we want to allocate them to teams or we want to build army squads or organizations want to, who should we go together? Theory is lacking. The data is lacking, really sorely lacking. And it's because people differ on an extraordinarily wide range of things that are important potentially to composing the team. We don't know what they all are. Can't measure them all or it's expensive. But more importantly, because of that, there's very little science. The database by which one could inform theory and help build theory out is really not there. And I would actually say one of the things that my team and I are doing is this is where modeling comes in. So we can compose teams on a fairly wide range of characteristics, certainly much more than you can study with real people in the real world. And then we can run simulations and see what happens to those team members. So that's a, I would just say a work in progress. I want to answer a couple of others. Almost everything else here is tractable. The other one that's really difficult right now is how do we keep cohesion over long periods of time? So as I said, Sam and Tara were at Michigan State where I think I had just gotten a NASA grant and we were just getting into doing some research with an engineering group that built a sensor platform that we were using that could track interactions, who you're interacting with. It's only now, almost a decade later, that we're working with data where we have teams, I'll call them in the wild, but it's kind of a, it's a controlled wild where people are in a mission simulator and they've spent anywhere from eight to 12 months together living in a habitat, a facility with limited opportunities to explore the external space, pretending to be on the surface of Mars. And so we don't have many teams. We had to collaborate with lots of people to get access. But I can tell you what happens to teams over time, to cohesion. And it breaks down. Teams start high. They like each other. They trust each other. They're glad to be there. And basically, four to six months into the mission, it varies a little bit for each of the teams. The reasons why vary a bit for each of the, again, three teams, not a lot of data. Cohesion begins to destabilize. Is that because they're isolated for a longer period of time? It's an immersive experience. You live, sleep, and work with the same people. You have limited ability to email or communicate with your friends and family outside because NASA wants to simulate a mission to Mars. 
So your social world is very small. This is a team of five or six people and it begins to destabilize. And it usually just, you know, one or two people start to feel less cohesive than others. And then it will contage across the rest of the team. And by the end of the mission, I'll just want to get away from each other and go home. Now, this is eight or 12 months. So if we're going to send people to Mars, that's about 33 to 36 months. This is about the time they would be getting there. So the answer to your question, how do we maintain it? Well, we don't have the answer yet, but we have indications from the data we collect that we can detect it from the sensor platform. So if you know that things are beginning to go bad, what do you do? And I think a lot of it has to do with how you communicate that information to help team members maintain their cohesion, assuming that that's something they want to be able to do. Because once they fall into conflict, it does not get better. So basically, you want to use the tools that are at our disposal now to remote diagnose the onset or to have a leading indicator that will tell you the team is about to lose something and intervene at that point. What we were proposing to NASA was not reporting back to Big Brother and having someone communicate with the team. I mean, you could have a range of interventions, but basically, how do you help team members self-regulate their social cohesion with each other? If you've ever had a conflict or a problem with somebody, you might not know it right away that you got somebody angry, you did something, said something, didn't do something, didn't say something that you were supposed to say. And so right now there's something going on and you don't know about it. The longer you don't do something to resolve it, the worse it's going to get. Like all of us vary on our social perceptiveness. Some people are really good at this because they monitor a lot and know what to do. And a lot of people, well, they don't monitor or they don't know what to do. So if you could provide feedback and some guidance, and think about how this could roll out across the team and make it something as a self-management tool, not a big brother tool. That's what we had proposed as a kind of architecture for NASA. We're not right. going to develop that latter part, but we do have the sensor platform and that technology got transferred to NASA. So it's theirs to figure out what it is they want to do with it. But we have data that shows that really using very simple algorithms that track how frequently you interact with people and how that changes over time, we can predict social cohesion and in particular breakdowns. That's great. And here I was trying to give you a hypothetical problem. You've been working on it for years. Let's take the next step, Samantha or Tara, pick up the answer. So let's assume that those sensors are on people. You know, they collect data, the data and the theory collaborate to tell us that something is about to go awry. And they let the team members on month seven somewhere, as they're getting closer maybe to, to Mars, that things are not going so well with the team. Two questions. How would they know that? Okay, hypothetically. And second, if you were there to advise about an intervention that they could do, what would that be? I think it depends on the nature of... You know, if the situation is task based or not task based. So it, I don't know if we covered this, but this idea of task cohesion and social cohesion are complementary in nature, but based on different behaviors. So task is really focused on what the job is and social is, you know, how well do you want to do you want to spend time with them outside? 
we tend to focus on task cohesion in particular when we're at our workplace and in our jobs. But in these environments that are so interconnected that should you ignore the social cohesion part in the selection or in the team building part of establishing these teams, it can be catastrophic because they are your social network. In addition to your work, there is no work-life balance. It is the same. And so I think not recognizing that can be really quite terrible. To answer your question. I won't let you get away with that answer. Let's assume that you no. can actually measure the task-based versus... Uh, exactly. Yeah. I just wanted to highlight that in case our yes. listeners aren't used to hearing now, task and you, social. How would you do the hard work of suggesting or provoking an intervention, even without the big brother model, that the people can self-diagnose and then self-remedy? You can give individuals feedback, like when you have a Fitbit or something and it says you're only at 8,000 steps and you have an hour left of your day, highlights like, hey, you have so much time left to fix this. In a conflict situation, you might say, hey, a couple of days ago, you know, you had this point of conflict. You haven't talked to that person since. You might want to go talk with that person because you haven't engaged after that. Maybe at a high arousal situation, you both had really high blood pressure or something. Let's say there was a sensor that captured that. Maybe making sure that if there was kind of this non-interaction from that time point, and I'm just making this example up, it's just, you know, off the top of my head, perhaps there's a system that's able to predict, hey, we found in past data that when you have a conflict event and you wait three or four days, that becomes a problem. But if you here have a little bit of time to fix this before it becomes a problem, you can give that to an individual and say that three or four or five days go by maybe the system is able to tell the leader of that small team to say, hey, let's have a team meeting, make sure let's maybe do a team activity. Let's build some social cohesion again. Let's go, you know, have some space drinks. So your suggestion is to have some kind of a presence, I dare say artificial intelligence, that is there monitoring, roaming around, knowing the theory about team cohesion, collecting the right data, and then suggesting some solution. Basically, it becomes not truly a team member because it doesn't replace the function of a team member, but it becomes kind of a roving attendant that is there trying to help the team. Tara, you agree or you think that's absurd? I guess it depends on how you talk about artificial intelligence and what that is. And that's a whole other discussion that we've had. But I think for me, what is key is collecting the right data that can identify when cohesion might be going in a downward trend and then providing some sort of feedback via some display, some alert, something at the individual and team level to make them aware of it. Because I think there's different levels of intervention that can be used to help guide, as Steve said, this team self-regulatory process. There might be situations where cohesion is declining and the team is not aware that cohesion is declining. So the simplest intervention might simply be making them aware that their cohesion is declining. And I think by providing them with specific indicators from the data that help them understand what is changing. So we're seeing less frequent interactions or there seems to be more negative affect being displayed in communications or whatever, letting them know what you're seeing in their interaction patterns that is indicating that cohesion might be off helps them at a very initial level, be aware that there's a problem and understand what it is 
that's indicating that there's a problem. Beyond that, there are times where they might be very aware that cohesion is going down the tubes. And so it's a different type of intervention. It's providing them with strategies for how to start repairing that and frankly, helping them see why it's important for that cohesion to be repaired and reminding them of the consequences of that going beyond repair. And is there a point of no return of that cohesion? So reminding them of their mission. What is their shared mission? How is this getting in the way of them accomplishing that? Having them come back around that shared mission and reuniting around that, even if there are maybe social frictions helping them come back around the mission that they signed up to go accomplish. So I think there are interventions along that point, giving them other strategies for how to engage in conflict resolution. Some people don't know how to resolve conflict. And so if there is a conflict that is causing the cohesion to decline, I think there are conflict resolution strategies that could be provided and making them aware of that. And I think just having that kind of real-time feedback of allowing them to see trends, not always having to push an alert, but providing a system where they can monitor, like very simple. Things go from green to yellow to red. Oh, that's a very simple cue that something needs my attention. And so I think that it can't go through the big brother system down on the ground because one thing we know about the Mars mission is they're not always going to have communication with ground. And if they do, it can be significantly delayed. And so I don't think that's the right path. I think it's got to be feedback directly to the team. And the whole assessment and feedback and intervention needs to be all around them learning to self-regulate and resolve conflicts and repair cohesion. And this is where it's like you're not just the team because the conflicts are often between a person and the team or two people or two on one. Now you get into really having to differentiate, not just individual and collective, but where has the friction developed in the network? One of the things we can see with these data, because we can look at interaction patterns now, basically for 16 hours a day, over months and months and months, is when there are these friction points, how it does not the collective, it really starts with a couple of people and it changes the structure of those interaction networks. And the danger is when you have a structure that's more or less persistent, and then you've had a conflict that changes the network forever beyond that conflict point, then network does not recover. If you're not able to detect that that could happen or intervene quickly after it does, then there's a change in that social system that it's got a new attractor. So it has an, its own equilibrium now. doesn't go back to this, hey, we're all interconnected. It's more differentiated. And so you've lost the opportunity to fix it. It's almost you have created by then a new structure, in a sense. So the, it has evolved into a new structure that is not uh, reversible, in a sense. So I like this multiple visual idea. Maybe what NASA will have the same way with they will have a status board to tell them how fast they're going or how close to Mars they're going or what's the hydraulic system in the capsule, you know, the health. They will have the team health dashboard or, or team vitals, if you would say. <laughs> yeah, or team vitals. But in space, it's kind of the Fitbit on steroid in a sense. But joke apart, one thing that you're pointing out is that just a static snapshot is not going to do it. You've got to have to have a sense of the dynamics and the evolution and maybe the stop 
basically that the team disease in a sense before it metastasizes into the entire team body. 